Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Um, so this morning, we're doing something a little different than our typical teaching time. So bear with me. But I do think there's something out here, something I'm going to share today that will be for everyone here. Even though it's a little bit of a uh, history lesson and things that the, the church has been doing, the board has been doing. So this morning, I'm not so much preaching. I am speaking as a representative of the board of Vineyard Church of San Antonio. And my task this morning is to bring you all up to speed on what the board has been up to for the last three, four years and kind of what we feel that the Lord is calling us to. So first of all, as I begin that, oh, Clara, you're going to have fun with this. I'd like to introduce the uh, board. So Randy and Clara, if you wouldn't mind coming up here. So this is Pastor Randy and Clara Moranville. And Juan and Donna, Dr. Juan Campos and Donna, his wife, and my better half, Cindy, and I'm Kevin. So, so we, we six are the board. And you may ask, what does the board do? And you will probably not understand it a whole lot better after I'm done talking today. But uh, as I was saying, about, it was in 2014 that Cindy and I were invited to join the board. And somewhere around the middle of 2014, we actually kind of got through that process and decided to become part of the board. And in those days, we had two other people that were part of the board. So I'm going to invite uh, Nigel and Joyce just to come forward so we can all recognize your service. So we were, we were eight when we started, I would say, kind of a new adventure of trying to figure out what this church is about and uh, they were a part of that process for several years. And so they are now today, we're recognizing their, uh, their time with this for 20 years. Unbelievable. 21. That's a long time. And wishing them uh, the very best in the new place they're going in Florida, where it might be sunnier, it might not be sunnier, I don't know. Um, certainly there's a lot more beach <laughs> than San Antonio. And we want to just uh, take a minute to pray for them. If one or two of you, there's a mic right there. And uh, I will conclude that. So let's just gather around them. And Papa, what a pleasure intimate relationship is and friendship that endures thank you for the ministry of love that Claire and I and our family many of the families in our church have experienced through uh, the ministry of this couple and of their family. We simply thank you for the greatness of your life in them and through them that has been distributed to us over this many years. And we ask that that same life that they have poured into us would be poured into them as they transition uh, from here to a new season and a new place. We ask that your life, your empowering presence would go forth 
that you would continue to uh, lead, fill, direct, and have your way. That they would truly live with you in all that they do and experience your eternal life now. Keep them safe as they make the travel of journey. Be with their family members that remain behind and those that are about other places. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in them and through them and in us and through us in this time of transition. Let your glory be manifest among us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to take every time to, <coughs> and in the name of, 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 of the church, really to praise you for what I think is standing about you and um, that is your faithfulness, your loyalty, and submission for these 21 years for the church and to your family. And uh, we don't say we don't see so often the straight. So uh, you are quite a model <coughs> for many Christians. And uh, and also want to praise you because uh, <coughs> you rolled those parents. Remember those time, Joy, and and now you're going back and forth driving your kids up and down. Yeah, kid that we learn to love too and have some time with them. So thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness, your loyalty, and submission. Lord, we thank you for uh, the faithfulness of Nigel and Joyce, Lord, uh, their loyalty, and the fine example of Christ-likeness that they have been uh, to us, Lord. And Lord, uh, we ask that uh, you will prepare the hearts of those uh, that they uh, will meet and form community with, Lord, that they will find a place uh, in their hearts, Lord. And Lord, that the good that they have poured in, Lord, that you will multiply uh, in the new community where they will be a part of, in Jesus' name. Okay, so title of the message today is Our Journey Together. Why did I pick that title? Well, because as we started to meet as a board, as we met to try to figure out you know, what exactly it is that we're to do as a board, as leaders of a church, we discovered that well, we're on a journey. And uh, journeys can be long and winding roads. So I want to give you a little history. So I, I told you that Cindy and I joined the board in the middle of 2014. We spent probably the rest of 2014, really just wrestling with the question, what, what are we about? And we ended up uh, settling on a statement. Sort of, you could think of it as like a mission statement or a, just a summary of what is church about? What is this church about? And we called it the narrative, our narrative. And you'll hear it or some variant on it or some approximation of it just about every Sunday. And what it says is, we are a part of the great family of God. And we're seeking to be like Jesus in all things through the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. And as we experience God's love 
his great love for us. We love him and we love one another and we love this world that he loves. You're thinking, well, it took you six months to do that, probably longer. You know, we, we really thought long and hard and, and prayed together and listened to each other and, and I think it got better as time went on and I think when we finally got to it, we said, yeah, that feels like that hits it pretty well. And the thing about it is, you know, it's a statement. Maybe if you read it, you'd say, well, yeah, of course. But you might be interested to think about that a little bit and say, well, yeah, but do we actually do that? Or how do we do that? That's a question. You know, what we do is we come on Sundays and we worship and we do Bible studies and we do community groups. But how do we really become like Jesus? That's the question. Uh, the thing about this also is it's, it's not specifically quoting Bible verses, but it's totally based on Scripture. So God's great family. There's a, in Luke 13, 29, Jesus is declaring about the end of the age. He says, people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. You know, we're part of a great family. We heard a prayer today in Nepali just about on the other side of the world from us. Becoming like Jesus, that we are to become like Jesus. 1 John 4, 17 says, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. So you think about that scripture. What it's saying is, you know, on the day of judgment, we won't be afraid. We'll be confident. Why? Because... In this world, we're like Jesus. We're becoming like him. That's why. The empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus talks about the Spirit coming in John 14, 26. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. And in John 16, 13, he says, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now that's the word. That's what the Spirit does in us. And as we experience God's great love, you know, there's a, probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 5.5. 5, and just probably the second half of Romans 5.5. 5, but it says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So if you're ever worried about, you know, your heart not having enough love in it, you don't have to worry about that because God's love has been poured out into your heart through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And to love God and others, in Matthew 22, Jesus, he's affirming the Old Testament teaching about loving God and loving others. He gets this question, it's really a testing question. It says, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Anyway, we have this narrative. Maybe it seems simple or it seems obvious, but we found it to be really helpful in kind of keeping us focused on the essence of what we're about as followers of Jesus. So, we had our narrative, we kind of rolled into 2015, and we came to our next crossroads, which is, you know, how in the world are we supposed to live this out? 
How do we lead the church in becoming like Jesus? How do we do that? And Clara asked a question at that time. She says, how does a group of leaders, you can flip to the next slide, how does a group of leaders become a community that's able to discern and to do God's will together in a variety of situations that require the wisdom that comes from Christ? I know that because I wrote notes when we were meeting. Oh, there's a question we need to wrestle with. And so, great question. How do we do that? And so we agreed to enter into a discernment process about how to live out the narrative. Um, I've chosen different words. I'm, today I'm choosing to use the word apprehension. So with some apprehension, Dr. Campos agreed to facilitate our discernment process. Now, let me just say uh, something about the process. It was far from smooth. We encountered our own resistance and a lack of unity at various points along the way. It was painfully slow. There were times when several of us just said, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I, I just want to go home. I don't want to be a part of this. We felt like abandoning ship, but we didn't abandon ship. Somehow we hung together. And we encountered God together through his word, you know, the word is living, it's active, it's like that two-edged sword that kind of cuts between bone and marrow and kind of is able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the human heart. We encounter God through prayer, through really listening to each other, and through leaning into those things that really resonated with us. And together, we learned to center our times in God, trusting in his leading and timing and his faithfulness to meet us. So that's kind of... Thank you. Thank you. Where was I? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so 2015, 2016, we're grinding, grinding, discerning. It's slow. It's painful. This is taking way too long. We're getting nowhere. And then a one of the scriptures that we looked at was John 17, which is that really long, really meaty prayer of Jesus for his disciples before he leaves. And one of the questions that came out of that was, what does it mean for us to be one together? Like Jesus and the Father are one. He says that, we're supposed to be one. He's praying for us to be one. What does that mean? And so through the listening and praying process, we experienced a deeper love for one another and a sense of oneness that was different from anything that we'd experienced before. We experienced together, the six of us, being part of God's great family. Six very different people. Probably six people that might not, in life, just hang together. But somehow God brought us together to do something unique in our midst. So, in early 2017, we held a retreat. And the purpose of the retreat was really to continue the discernment process, to continue listening together. And during that weekend that we spent together, and I know there were folks here in the church that were praying for us while we were away, uh, Donna Campos received a word that we collectively believe was from the Lord. And it was for us. I call it a prophetic download. 
Um, it provided specific directions and some cautions and encouragement about the process that we were in. If you can flip to the next slide. So this is just a couple of, of the high points there, but one of the things that, the, that we felt like we heard clearly, that she heard clearly, that we affirmed, was that we were to meet regularly for concentrated times of prayer as a group. Well, how often is regular? Weekly. And there was this sense that out of that, the word Pentecost came. It's mysterious, right? Pentecost. And another thing was that we were to intentionally seek to be like Jesus together as a group. That, that our intentions, our intentionality in doing that was the start, was the beginning of awakening in the church. That sounds good. And he said he was going to develop a vigorous spiritual community as we were faithful to meet with him as a group. And there was also a question that came up as Donna was interacting around this download about adding others. Should we add others to the group? And the answer that came was, you'll know in prayer. So we continued through 2017 to meet and continue our discernment process. And we held our second retreat earlier this year in 2018. And we were wrestling with a, a series of questions. So one of the questions was, okay, we've been at this a long time. Think about that, 14, 15, 16, 17. This is a long time, all right? This isn't something that we did overnight. And we've encountered a lot along the way. And so is there anything that we actually agree on at this point after all this time? Anything that we all say, yeah, we actually hold that together? That was one of the questions. Another question we kicked around was, is there anything that we've been given instruction on that we, we clearly are supposed to do, and have we done it? Or have we just forgotten and kind of moved on to the next thing? And the third question we says, well, what, what are the hopes and dreams that each of us has for our family? And the fourth question, which didn't get answered, didn't get answered in the beginning, still hasn't been answered, is like, well, what's the purpose of the board anyway? So as we spent the weekend, and we, we had a process of talking about the questions, but then praying together and listening and seeing what came out of that discussion that made sense, that, ag that agreed with us, that resonated with us, and then being back together and sharing that, what we got clarity on and what we understood to be the track that we're supposed to be on is the narrative is what we are about as a church. Seeking to become like Jesus in all things. That's what we are about as a church. We don't have anything else to be but that. And we got a sense of how we fulfill it. Because it's sort of built into the narrative by seeking. You have to seek. And it's in all things. So, you know, there's this idea we don't get to pick and choose. It's in all things. In every aspect of our life, we're seeking to become like Him. We don't have these parts of our life where we just do what we do. We don't seek to become like Jesus in those things. It's the whole thing. It's by experiencing, it's through the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. So there's a reliance on the Spirit of God to work in us. And, and by experiencing His love. Experiencing His love. Encountering His love. Feeling His love. Some language of emotion. Not so much a theology of His love. 
So we discern by seeking. We discern through empowering. We discern by experiencing. And that we discern together is a value that we hold. So there's a lot of ways a board can lead a church, right? There's a lot of ways a person can lead a church. We could get together, we could brainstorm, we could put up posties on the wall, we could prioritize, we could risk rank, we could force rank, we could vote, we could do whatever. We could take input, survey. We're going to discern from the Lord how it is we journey together as a people, as part of his family, to become like his son. And there's a, a little verse in Acts 15.28 that says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And that was kind of the feeling we had at the end. It says, this seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us, that this is how we're going to go forward. Okay. End of history lesson. So how do we grow spiritually? If you could go to the next slide. So there's, a, there's an engineer's. Got to love that one right there, right? So uh, recently I attended a conference called Transform 2018. And it's a gathering of people that is really considering the question of how do you become transformed? How do you become like Jesus? So kind of good timing for what we've been wrestling with as a board. And there was a speaker there, a man named Greg Hawkins, who's a pastor at Oak Hills. He was executive pastor at uh, Willow Creek in Chicago. Willow Creek, if you know, is this huge church that all about growth and seeker-friendly, and lots of people travel to Willow Creek to learn how to do church better, and he is sort of in the middle of all of that. And he ended up connecting with this statistician guy, I would say not a church guy, and they ended up doing this project to try to figure out what is it that causes people to change. And so just if you look at the, the graph here, you see on the, on the y-axis, right, on the vertical axis, it's increasing love for God and for others right? That's what we want. We want to grow in love for God and others. And so it's correlated with, well, activities, things we do in the church. Bible studies, prayer meetings, personal devotion, etc., etc., etc. Add to the list. And so the, the idea is, you know, the more things that you do, therefore, the greater your love should be. Be. The more you should love God, the more you should love others. Unfortunately, it doesn't correlate. So the little kind of flat line there, that's kind of the actual process, right? It's about a 7% increase. No matter how loaded up on activity you are, it has very little impact on your love for God and for one another. And so the question is, you know, what, what causes that curve to shoot up? Is there a thing? And so part of this survey, they, I think they, they looked at like 58 different areas, and only one of the areas actually strongly correlated to growing in love. And that was your relationship with Jesus. The only thing. Nothing else correlated. Spiritual growth is not about activity. It's about a journey of intimacy with Jesus. If you're young, if you're old, stake that one in the ground. So, next slide. So he told this interesting story 
he was invited up to Austin to meet with these, this group of church planners. So there's this young group, group of young people. They're all church planners. They were very enthusiastic and interested in seeing people come to know the Lord, seeing people grow in the Lord, church planners. And they asked him to come and meet with them and help them because they needed, they needed some coaching. They needed some advice. They needed to know what was going on. And as he listened to them, he had this sense, right? And, and as he was listening, he got this picture in his head. That's the picture right there. Through a box, through a line. On the, le- on the right side of the box, as you're looking at it, is the future. On the left side of the box is the past. That line in the middle is now. And what he said was, you know, as I'm listening to you, I can see you really, really, really want to be where that red blotch is there in the future. You really want to see the church planted. You really want to see people coming. You really want to see... Because the problem is, the only place that you can actually experience the presence of God is in the now. You cannot experience His presence in the past. You cannot experience His presence in the future. You can only experience His presence now. So he left that meeting. He went home. He was just kind of contemplating, thinking about it. So you flip to the next slide. God said, you know, you kind of drew the box wrong. This is how you should have drawn it. Same box, a little sliver on the left, a little sliver on the right. Tiny little sliver on the left is the past. Tiny little sliver on the right is the future. And everything in between is the now. That's really the picture to have in your mind. It's really only about now. Now, I was listening to him speak, and I'm going to tell you, I, I had a, one of those moments in my life, and uh, I shared it. He spoke Friday morning. We had lunch together, um, our little group that was there on Friday, and the word I used was devastated. I was kind of devastated by what he said because it occurred to me that, you know, I've lived most of my life in my head in some other place than now. I'm usually future-oriented. I'm usually thinking about what's going to happen. I'm usually working a problem, thinking about how to solve the problem. I might be wondering off to what's going to happen next. I remember I had this flash, right, when I was there in this conference of my kids at the dinner table with me looking at me going, you're not here, are you? I mean, one of my kids said that to me. You're not here, are you? Like, yeah, I'm not here. I was just, I'm a very much in my head person. And so, good? (laughs) Is it good to be devastated? (laughs) Sometimes, I suppose, right? But it's actually sort of opened up a whole new thing in me, which is becoming aware of the present moment. Because I understand this is where I'm going to experience God. So if I have a thing that's out there that's causing some anxiety, the place to be is with my anxiety right now, right here. Not, let's hurry up and get that over with so I can get to a happier place. It's to sit and be present with God in the anxiety of the moment. Our invitation, the invitation that God has for us is to experience his presence now. It's the only time you can experience it. It's an invitation 
to a moment-by-moment awareness of God's presence. Which seems kind of crazy on one hand, like how in the world is that supposed to happen? But on the other hand, I think you can grow into it. That's what I'm learning. I'll interject one thought. I can't tell you how frustrating it was for me in a way after I got over my devastation to think I'm 60. It's taken me all this while to figure out that I mostly am not here. But that's sort of looking at the past, isn't it? You know? So be present with your frustration <laughs> right here. So I am. I'm with, with you all right here. I'm just letting you know. So next time you talk to me, look in my eyes and see if I'm here. And remind me, hey, are you here with me? I am. I'm trying to be. You have to be present to feel his presence. Okay. So coming out of that 2018 retreat, it was also clear to us that now was the time to invite others into that discernment process. You know that glorious one that's got sidetracks and frustrations and resistance and is painfully slow? and you will encounter yourself along the way. That one? So if you go to the last slide, we're, uh, we're inviting y'all, those of you that feel the tug, feel the call, to join us in this weekly, concentrated times of prayer to discern how it is that we become like Jesus together. That's the invitation this morning. And so as you leave today, I just want you to think about it, and pray about it, and listen and see what God would say. But we're going to be meeting, we, we <laughs> schedule engineering, we're going to be meeting on Friday evenings from 7 to 9, weekly, at Randy and Clara's house. The address is there. And we're going to see what God does, because we are expecting that God's going to move that this idea of awakening as we're faithful to meet it's going to happen. And I think awakening really is just us starting to have desire for God, longing for Him. That's awakening. And we're holding on to that, that hint of Pentecost, whatever that means with that word being there. And we're anticipating that God's going to develop a vigorous spiritual community in our midst. So that's it. That's all I got to say. I'm going to invite Cindy to come forward and we're going to move into a time of communion. It's the first Sunday of the month. And I do want to say that after communion, there will be folks here in the front who are available to pray with you. So if there's anything in the now, right, in the here and the now that you sense that you want someone to just know about. You know, speaking out those things is actually part of that transformation process as opposed to just processing it inside your head. So come forward and let someone hear your story and let them pray for you, no matter what it is. Maybe you have an ache and a pain that you want someone to pray for. But no matter what, ministry time is available. And uh, I'm a believer that, you know, take the step, let someone pray with you. It's, uh, it makes a difference. We're going to invite um, all the children, too. So if you have a little one, if you want to go grab them and, uh, and
and we'll have the child care workers also come in so we can in, uh, have communion together. This whole idea um, of being one is so counter to our culture. I mean, you've heard the sayings, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, or he's a self-made man, or I can do this on my own, I don't need the help of anybody. That is so counter to what God has called us to. And so we have to, I mean, it's just in our, it's in our blood. We have to, we have to resist those, that individualistic mindset. We were created and from the very beginning of time, when God created human beings, he said, we, I want to create them in our image, in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in community. So we have to, we have to be aware that it's not, it's not an easy thing. It's, it's really kind of a mystery, isn't it? How do you become one? It's a mystery. But we want to... We want to press into that, figure out what that means for us. I really think the idea of individualism is robbing us of our joy and wholeness and life. And I'm not saying that we uh, were not created individually. We are. God has given us different gifts, um, strengths, personalities. He's made each one of us unique. But as Paul says in First Corinthians, you know, we're, we're all created different, different parts of the same body. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. not to do it on our own. If you look around us, we are all so very different in almost every way. Uh, politically, socially, we're in different stages of life. We all, some of us hold some values that are different. But we have the same spirit in us. Jesus is clear about being coming, becoming one. Kevin mentioned it in John 17, 21. Jesus says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. That's God's plan. There's no plan B. We're it. So that the world will know that he sent him, that God sent Jesus to us. This is going to be a little bit challenging, but I want to invite um, Juan and Donna and Randy and Claire to come up. And um, we're going to take, we're going to serve communion to all of you. Um, we're going to have everyone come up at the, together and kind of spread out in a giant oval circle up here.
And I want to ask that you would please hold the cup and the bread, and we will take them together as I instruct. So um, go ahead and come up. Here at the Vineyard Church, we, we have an open communion. This is not the Vineyard Church's table. This is Jesus' table. Everyone come on up. We're just going to make a giant circle here. Yeah, you can, you can face the inside, the outside. I'm going to have the sound booth guys come up. All the child care workers are here. Everyone is here. There's no need to hold hands. Come up here. Yep. So, um, Randy and Clara, where you are, just start. Um, you can start serving communion, and let's go clockwise. Can you guys spread out a little bit here? So Juan and Donna, yeah, I'm here. All right. Come on in the circle. Come on in the circle. And just hold your, hold your elements, okay? Anybody else need some? Here. Also, as you as you contemplate becoming one, I mean, we're just a small little part of this of Christ's body. We are a minuscule little part. There is the church all over the world that is a part of this same family. And they worship very differently than us. They are very different from us, but yet they're a part of us. What a mystery. How weird is that? God is doing some amazing things. And in us here in San Antonio, he's doing some amazing things as we look to him. Yeah. 
So in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, The night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for each one of you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. And in the same way, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement signed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. So we're going to close with Jesus' words again. I pray that they will be all one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Okay. <clears throat> Let me just close this in prayer. So Jesus, we receive you in the mystery of the bread and the cup. We welcome you to fill us with the life that you promised to give us. And we ask you, God, by your Spirit who indwells us to empower us to become more and more like you, Lord, and to live like you here in this world. So that this world that you so dearly love would know that you've been sent for them. God, let your awakening come in our midst. Let a vigorous spiritual community be developed in our midst. And God, even Pentecost, let it come upon us that we would be your witnesses on this earth and that we would know you and know your love for us and be caught up in your amazing love. Just come and be with us now, Lord, we pray. In your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so we're officially dismissed. Try not to step on the babies. But if you would like to talk to somebody or prayer, there's going to be folks up here. So please take advantage of that.